Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross, Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're about to do it all over again. Yeah, it feels like it's been a few weeks, and uh, we usually typically do uh, a show, we release a show once every week, so it keeps us pretty busy. Yes, so it's, uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's been a minute. We've been uh, uh, really busy, thankfully, uh, at the office. We, we were not busy for a while, and that's much worse. So yeah, we'd rather much uh, be busy and uh and then all of a sudden, we had some, what's that stuff that comes from the sky? Well, rain here in Las Vegas. Right. So that was a little bit different uh, as well. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we get good rain here once every three months. Something, something, <laughs> something like, like that. that. So like. For those of you at home, yeah, we get about four inches a, a year, uh, believe it or not, um, which, you know, my East Coast friends, that would be like Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny when that happens and people forget how to drive and yeah. And infrastructure goes down, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It gets crazy. Well, Vegas is too, we, you know, it's such a weekend town in some ways too. Like, as we know, like the weekends, it always gets crazy here. Driving here, all that stuff is. Yes. The degree of difficulty goes up a little bit on the weekends. So you just gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you know, gotta get your game face on and then do that thing. So, um, one thing that we were talking about and we've actually gotten a lot of, um, feedback from from the audience is talking about importance of post-operation post-op care i guess you would say um and we've talked some about that so would you like to discuss that and sure. how that affects what you do that's and- that's really i have to tell you crucially important uh and we were talking about this in the uh in the office just the other day uh when i used to do hand surgery i used to put fingers back on there was a day that i used to do that and i was trained by the best guys in the world and 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 all that, so I just would emulate what they would do. You know, what would uh, Doctor Bunky do? So, um, so we, we did that. And you could be the best sur- hand surgeon in the world. I, I am not. Uh, there are some guys that are phenomenal, but basically, you can be the best hand surgeon in the world. But if the patient doesn't do the f- the physical rehab, the occupational mm-hmm. therapy, it's not going to work. Right. Uh, so you can go ahead and try to set that stage for recovery best you can. Uh, but it really is a team effort between the patient. Uh, and the patient's caregiver in some in some regards, sure. uh, and then also uh, us at the office. And then when you know when the rubber hit the hit the hits the road, when you actually make the incision and do the operation, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's all of that combined to try mm-hmm. to pe- put people in their best spot. And I, and I tell people all the time in the office, I do primarily um, aesthetic plastic surgery, and. The real key for that is setting up their universe so that they would heal well. And and we have the luxury of time. Right. It's not a gunshot wound. It's not a cancer operation that you got to move fast And selective on. surgery. So. And it's elective right. surgery. It's got to be safe and effective. And by that, uh, if there is an opportunity for folks, oh, you know, uh, can I get my mother uh, who lives out of town to come and, and help help me? Oh, geez, I got to, you know, put the kids over at grandma's house for three or four days. You can go ahead and set up your universe so as to best help yourself. Uh, people don't realize that lots of these surgeries, you know, they, you know, they do it on Friday. They think they're back at work on Monday. That's not true. Um and the body will heal the way the body wants to heal. And I tell most everybody, this is a, a year project we get ourselves into, uh, whether it's a breast dog, whether it's facelift, whether it's rhinoplasty, you know, there's certain stages of healing. And for example, um, typically scars uh, look their most red and most raised at about seven months, at four months. Right. Most red and most raised at about four months. Months and I tell them uh, usually they look better about ten months to twelve months. Right, because people that's the thing because it, it's people think like I get the plastic surgery done, 
the procedure done, and then within a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I'm going to be great. It's sure. like it's a long process. It's a process. For the healing. Right. And that's just when, for, you know, when we hear from dinosaur uh, age, right? You, yeah. you go ahead and you, you're running after you know, Tyrannosaurus rex and, and you twist your ankle and your ankle swells up. Well, you know, we've carried those genes forward. Nowadays, we put ice on and elevate it, and we actually, if there's a fracture, we can operate on. But still, there's trauma, there's swelling. And, and for example, um, my folks that get uh, tummy tucks, uh, dominoplasty, uh, they'll get on the scale. I don't know why they do this, but they get on the scale <laughs> about three days later, and they're up five or ten pounds. Right. Uh, and they're upset. And uh, they said, wait a minute, you did five liters of liposuction, and you got the big tummy tuck, and blah, blah, blah. And the answer is, is yeah, you're holding on to water, and they can't get their, their rings on their fingers, et cetera. Uh, and I tell most of, you know, the running joke in our office is we tell the husbands and boyfriends to take the scale and hide it in the garage for about a month. <laughs> yeah. uh, and even at the liposuction, we have, you know, a stage one compression garment and usually we switch them out at about three to four weeks mm-hmm. and people on day three like oh my god this is so tight and again usually about four weeks like oh my gosh this is loosey-goosey so then right. we get a second one on it which is even uh, tighter so there are processes that go breast dogs for example uh, you put them in everybody looks great on the table uh, they wake up and they whoop, go you know way up by their clavicles uh, they usually stay there for about a month and then mm-hmm. they start moving down at about a month and one will go faster than the other one. So there'll be one good kid and one not-so-good kid. That's how that works. <laughs> right. uh, but at the end of the day, meaning 10 months to a year, usually everything falls into place where it's supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we, at the office, we try to educate folks best we can. And we try to do that pre-office visit with uh, the website and, and this podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then also my staff in the office are terrific educators, too. Uh, and we, we do verbally, and we write it out, and we have cartoons on the website so we so we, we really <laughs> right. try to make it uh, make it the best we can now uh and then everybody's got great stories about uh patients that didn't really sort of kind of listen you know sort of thing right yeah uh, we were talking about some of those i know you've got some great there's, ones there's, 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 some, there's some good <laughs> ones and, yeah. and then and many of them are very well intentioned you know mm-hmm. the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions right <laughs> so we had one husband um who wanted to go ahead and take the sutures out of uh, of, of the patient oh, with a toenail geez. clipper uh, so right. big infection. It was really kind of a mess. That's no bueno. My my favorite, probably all time story of, uh, of of patients pushing the envelope. We'll say it that way. <laughs> is we had this gal come in, beautiful girl, uh, Brazilian girl, uh, came in and uh, she had a, a hump on her nose. Right. Mm-hmm. So we take her to the operating room. We do the rhinoplasty. Comes out great. Right. Chef's kiss. Uh, it, it just you know terrific home run. And um and so she comes in on day three and it looks good. Okay. It comes in on day seven. It looks good. Comes in on day 21, and it's all kind of swollen. And I'm like, what, what happened? I said, did you fall down? Did you run into a door? You know, did the boyfriend give you an elbow, you right. know, rolling over? So this stuff happens. And she said, well, well, no, Doc. You know, I'm a stripper, right? I said, well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. And she said, no, no, no. I'm the girl that crawls up on the top of the pole and swings upside down oh, in circles and circles yeah. circles. It's hard to give those instructions when you're doing the well, and I, and, I, and I said, well, 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 how long ago did you do this? She's like four days ago. Um, I said, okay, you can't have your butt here and your <laughs> nose below you swinging upside down two weeks after surgery. Did I put that in my preoperative book? Yes, because I live in Las Vegas. Right, because right? we have and we have a unique situation here because you do you see a lot of patients that are actually working sure. Enter, entertainers adult and, entertainers and, all, and all, so, all sorts of well, stuff so all, all sorts of i mean lots of folks that you see on uh, on on billboards etc sure. etc but growing up here that was kind of normal in as much as yeah. i just remember 
uh, moms picking up their kids, and there was this one gal, tall, beautiful, right. and she had you know the team jacket for the Lido de Paris, right? So right, she was a yeah, showgirl. Showgirls. But that okay, but you're picking up a kid, you know, because that's <laughs> you know that's when, you know the the, the yeah. way the town was. Um, when growing up, um, we there was a guy next door to us who dealt cards at night, and you knew he wore graveyards, so there was hours of the day that you really just sh- you shouldn't play your music loud right. uh, because he's probably sleeping. Yeah. So and again. Growing up in Las Vegas, that sort of thing, you, you kind of get kind of get used to it. Yeah, it was interesting too because when I first moved here, which was 1988, I realized I moved from Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, like you said, like you see the showgirls and that kind of thing, but you but they have regular lives, they have families, kids, like just every, like everybody else. So that that's actually always an interesting. <coughs> Bless you. That's an interesting thing about living in Vegas versus maybe some other places. Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah, and the other thing too is, and it's a double-edged sword because again, you can go grocery shopping at four in the morning here. Uh, exactly. And so you go to the yep. East Coast, you know, for school or whatever. And like, what do you mean the Seven Elevens are open from seven to eleven? You know, <laughs> exactly. so what's this last call thing? Yeah. Uh, exactly. And then of course, back east to get a, um, um, a, you know, a party together or even a barbecue, you have to go to one store to get the beer, another store to get the chips, another store to get the hard liquor if you get that. Right. So they're package stores and yeah. all that stuff. And forget about Sundays. Uh, here you go to one seven, boom, you're done. So yeah, again, know, it's, it's, it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a And you get clash. used to that. And then when you, when you, if you move away or if you go to some other place and then you can't, you can't do those things, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. What do you mean I can't pump gas, you know, at, exactly. at four in the morning? I'm running low. So yeah. So, so talking about Las Vegas, um, one of the things that maybe some people may not know about you is that you do um, you work with a lot of the fights in town, not only in town but also sometimes in New York, and it's, which yeah. was top ranked boxing typically. Sure. Yep. And um, we were talking about the you know there's a lot of talk these days about obviously COVID and and uh, the variants and that kind of thing. But we were talking about actually the bubble. A lot of people have heard that term. Sure. Um, and, and over the past year about, you know, this, this sports team is in the bubble and that kind of thing. And actually top rank and ESPN with their boxing has done that really well. Yes. There's a couple of bubbles that have really worked well. Uh, UFC, uh, top rank and, uh, the NBA, I think had right. really good solid bubble. So, so, so what's a bubble? So a couple of things is you want, you have a pandemic going on, right? And you want to provide some entertainment and you have some contractual obligations, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So what happened was, is they put on a series of fights at the MGM. And so top rank ESPN MGM uh, got together very creative. Uh, and, uh, and, and uh, UFC did this too. UFC went, had a bubble and then they went to their own fight Island, which is a real you know, if you want extreme bubble, right. if you want. And then the NBA actually had you know, Disney World, so which is kind of a nice, big, huge bubble. Yeah. But so the way bubble work basically is, is I'll speak to top rank because I know that the best, is basically those folks that are going to fight that uh, that week um, basically get uh, tested into the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. So you go ahead, you get yourself tested, swab, you got to wait 20 minutes, et cetera, or whatever it was. And th- and so and then you're sequestered off. Once you get the, the thumbs up, then you get to go and check into, you know, your room, et cetera. Right. If, you know, you get the, the red check mark, you know, see ya, and you're not fighting. Okay, so yeah. that goes for the it's re- not only them, it's their team. Too, that, I was, right? My next sentence was yeah. that goes the rest of your team, right. okay? Which you and, just, and we get, just experienced. And I'll get to, yeah, and I'll get to that, I'll get to that in a second. You're so right. basically, so there's fighters' floors, and, you, and again, you don't want the same, you don't want the fighters going to face each other on the same floor, you don't want them running at each other, okay, fine. Right, right. So, so basically, and there's a floor for officials, and there's a floor for fighters, it was like a big deal, but the MGM and those guys really kind of put it together. And then, uh, and so you get walked up there, et cetera, you get your stuff, and then there are certain routes that you can go, meaning you can go from there, 
uh, to where the food is. Okay, you can go the, and where the little recreation mm-hmm. areas. By that, they have a table tennis set and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there's a gym there, so these guys can go ahead and train, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, and then also a couple other doors, and boom, there's the uh, Grand Garden Arena. So, so all of that stuff is is tested, and everybody there has been tested, and they continue to be tested. Right. For example, fighters will come and go. But some of the ESPN uh, guys, the cameramen, that sort of stuff, they were there for three months. Right. Yeah. Uh, they didn't leave, and they were a little bonkers by the time they were you know, done. <laughs> but don't blame them. But they were working during the pandemic. Exactly. So they yeah. weren't complaining at all. You know, mm-hmm. So they're like, Shit, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll watch everything on you know cable TV. And, uh, yeah, and our friend Mark fun. Chinook, who actually we're recording at the Space Studios here in Las Vegas, and Mark, uh, this is part of their charity organization that they set up for Monday's Dark and all that. And Mark actually is an announcer for ESPN. Yep. And some other things yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And he was talking about, yeah, he was there at times for three weeks. Oh, good Lord, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and then, of course, he had dispatches from the front. He would make these funny, you know, little movies. and Yeah, yeah. Dispatches. But, yeah, no, he, uh, he and some of the other uh, top rank uh, folks, staff uh, folks, as well as ESMF, they were there for the duration of this thing. Right. So, but nobody was out, uh, allowed in or out, you know, and mm-hmm. you really couldn't see your family, this and that, the whole thing. Yeah. So that, that that takes a bit of a, of a toll. But the other thing, too, is, is they're really stringent on it. And what I mean by that is, is one of the fighters had one of his corner people, uh, you get a little nutty, and they figured, oh, I'll sneak out of the room and go on the casino floor at 2 o'clock. Uh-uh. Right. Because so, that puts everybody at risk. That put everybody, yeah. and they, it threw everybody out. So basically, he got thrown out of the hotel. Uh, the, you know, the fight it was it was an issue, and so they, yeah. they really took it seriously. But since they did, very few, thankfully, very few people that were in the bubble converted or whatever, and you were able to go ahead and have these contests. In fact, right. and that also goes for the referees. It goes for the Nevada State Athletic Commission folks, and et cetera, et cetera. So now there was like a hybrid bubble towards the end. I mean by that is there was people that are already in the bubble, et cetera, et cetera. And then they were they were trying to test it out with some fans. And by fans, they were going to put 200 people very socially distanced, et cetera, et cetera, right. to see how this could work. And so my experience was, is, and again, this was all new at the time. Now it's getting to be kind of old hat. But um, we uh, we went in, uh, we got nasal schwabbed, we waited in these uh, in this um, ballroom uh, type of thing like for uh, for yeah for until you got yes or no, uh, you got your wristband and then you were able to go to the spectator section of the bubble, mm-hmm. but without any contact with uh, the fighters or anybody else who's really kind of part of the show. Right. So it was re- that that that's kind of the hybrid bubble or. That sort of thing. And we also talk about pods, pods meaning, and they did this at the Golden Knights games. They did a good job with that is you'd have right. a seat of two and then a seat of four and then a seat of six. And then there was that point where the recommendations changed, meaning that it was for a while 50% capacity, six feet diff- distance. And then it was uh, 75% capacity, three feet different. Well, that's a big difference from from fifty percent occupancy to a seventy five percent occupancy right. to twenty five percent occupancy. Is what's yeah, the you're trying distance. to? I mean, of course, we all dealt with that. With I mean, lots of small businesses, and I mean, the thing is, like you know, not only the fights, but all those companies. I mean, it's, they employ hundreds, thousands of people. Sure. So you're trying to stay afloat, and you're trying to keep people sure. working, and, keep and people in a safe way, right? Right. So yeah, so yeah, you want your you know, the 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 ticket people, or one of the the people selling popcorn, so right. all that kind of stuff. To now, I mean, the bubbles and the hybrid bubbles, there was none of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they were they were doing their contest and and world title belts were exchanged and everything else like that with no fans, which is really sort of eerie. Um, well, you have a little bit of that happening right now with the Olympics, which is going on right. starting right this week. Yes, where they're doing a lot of the events with no with no fans, and, right. and then they're back to that. And and uh, again, their bubble is is 
different. If you ask reporters, they have to go through all this gauntlet stuff. If you ask athletes, or it's it's a, so a bit complicated. different, uh, a different sort of thing uh, over there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and, and of course, the entire world, literally everybody's from somewhere else. You know that right. week, yeah. uh, and so that it's it's a, a tremendous challenge. Um, let's you know along those lines because we were hearing also a lot of news lately just to stay I guess up to date as we're hearing a lot about the variants the COVID variants. Um, can you speak a little bit about that and tell us sure your the, thoughts on that? Yeah, this this COVID um, virus is a real sneaky bastard. Yeah. Uh, smallpox really hasn't really matured or changed or that much in, in, in decades, a little bit, not much. And mm-hmm. so you get one smallpox and you're usually pretty good unless you're sending it to Madagascar or something or in the military where they're sure. sending it to who knows where, and then they, they give you a ton of vaccine. So, um, so, but the Delta variant and it's, you know, uh, alpha, beta, gamma, Delta, right? So, so there's now epsilon. So that's how they're naming stuff. So this Delta variant, it's a coronavirus like the other coronaviruses, but basically, you know, with a new hat uh, in as much as it's, it's got different properties. The properties of this particular one uh, is, is that it's, it's twice as uh, communicable uh, as the other one, which mm-hmm. is really kind of scary. So, sure. um, so if you, and I get, you know, a dozen because I know you're getting a lot of those a dozen emails a day right? uh, uh, about this. Is uh, what does that mean? Uh, does vaccination are vaccinations good against it? Yes, I think it's important uh, to see that. I think we're getting some numbers out of Israel that uh, it covers it not as not as well as uh, the original. Uh, right. variant. It's actually, you mentioned Israel because they've been on the forefront of a lot of the research, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, they, they were on the forefront of the mRNA technology. They, they've been right. on and, and pharmaceuticals and tech and, and all right. that. It's amazing. All actually. that sort of stuff. Yeah, a lot of that stuff uh, right. comes comes out of Israel. It, it's it's kind of like, you know, if you're the American dream, the Israeli dream now lately has been uh, go to the Technion, which is like MIT, mm-hmm. right, in Israel, uh, come up with some sort of um, software program and send it and sell it to like Intel or Microsoft right, and cash sure. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, real estate and television has gone through the But it's great, that, I mean, it's great the that they have that that push towards innovation and also the yeah. push towards medical, in particular medical. Yeah, it's, all, it, yeah, it's always yeah. been intellectual, medical, technological, et cetera, right. and everybody's there. I mean, you know, yeah, Pfizer, Pfizer's there, La Roche-Posay is there. Uh, yeah. they're, they're all there. They go where the talent is. So, and, yeah, and so that's, so, so they've been at the forefront of this. And um, they're used to... Is stressing the system, meaning that most everybody has uh, served in the military, most everybody has been vaccinated, most everybody. So they can go ahead and they have everybody's cell phone. So that if they're in a right. case of emergency, they can ring up the entire co- uh, country and right. say, and they can really, battle stations. They can really track one, one variant and that kind of stuff. And they can track right. it yeah. and they can go ahead and say, all right, everybody's getting vaccinated. Boom. Sure. Right. And that's kind of the way, it, that's kind of way it goes because they see it as a, not an existential threat, a real threat yeah. uh, to their national security. And so when it falls under that, um, then everybody kind of you know steps in line and and, and right. gets it gets whatever you need to get. So done. with the the COVID variant, um, so basically like it's it's COVID, but it's like it's it's a mod- obviously a modified version because it morphs right. and changes, and, it, and that new variant is kind of looking for another pathway into your system. Right. So yeah. So it'll continue to change, and and, and viruses will do that, and that's why we have. You know, every year we get a flu shot, uh, sure. and and the flu shot is kind of the best guess of what the variants is going to be this particular year, etc. I th- I think going forward, and as you know, Jeffrey's opinion is, we'll probably be looking at a COVID shot, very much like a flu shot, uh, every year to catch up with, to catch up with some of these variants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yeah, not needed for for your MMR, not needed for your smallpox because. Those we got as kids, uh, right. most of us uh, growing up here in the states, got as kids, 
Um, and so we're pretty much covered for that. Right. Uh, although um, there's monkeypox, which is now you know kind of coming out and spreading a little bit. So it, it's really sort of interesting what's going on in the world of infectious disease that all of a sudden that's becoming front and center uh, again. Yeah, and it's so. interesting too because like you know I, I w- we've talked about that before, but I, I mean you're a well-known plastic surgeon, but then. At first, you're a physician, a doctor to begin with, and then you then plastic surgeon becomes your specialty. But I think that sometimes you, I think you, it's good to remind people that that you had emergency room experience, you had those oh sure real world, you know, before you specialized in. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, you usually get reminded that about that about thirty thousand feet when they think, "Bing, hey, is there a doctor exactly. on the plane?" <laughs> that They're was like, kind of my point. Oh boy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and so and you know the the the, the funny thing about that, I forget. I forget where I, where I was, but um, yeah, somebody had a medical emergency in, in, in the back of this this place, and uh, like six doctors sh- show up, and so ba- oh. it's so basic. It's like you know, dermatology you can be excused, cardiology you can stay, you know. And it's so <laughs> well, so it was uh, well, it's good to have the options. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was it was one of those, and then uh, I don't know if if Jack remembers this is with the it was at the end of a a road race. We were doing a road race downtown. That's when, like, I was in shape and actually, like, was running and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was a while ago. Anyhow, so uh, so we go ahead and we run the 5K or 10K, whatever. And it's in beautiful downtown Las Vegas and all that. And so we're done and, you know, we're having our little, you know, water or whatever. And uh, Jack says, hey, hey, Jeff, you might want to you, you look at this guy, right? And so as soon as I go ahead and look at him, he, you know, kind of spins around and wham, goes to ground, right? Uh-oh, yeah. So I'm like, uh-oh. So, so we get over there. There was uh, another... Uh, a physician, a female physician, got there before ten seconds before I did. Uh, she uh, assessed him, and um, he no pulse, no breathing, everything else. Oh, so, wow. yeah. so she started in on uh, airway. I started uh, chest compressions and such. And just then, uh, uh, Doctor Bowers, who won't re- who won't re- remember this, he's uh, actually a well known. He actually was one of the race sponsors. Um, actually, uh, is a cardiologist in town. Oh. All right, so he wins. Uh, so he gets. Yeah, he he, he gets. Yeah, yeah, he wins. Uh, one and that the internal medicine person would have won, uh, if not that. But anyway, and, and so so we're doing our thing, knowing that there is an ambulance nearby, right. and so, so we call the race organizer, they got the ambulance, and then uh, we got the AED, the automatic um, uh, electronic defibrillator, right. uh, on them, uh, and those things are the best things since sliced bread. Right. And uh, so because you put them on the patient. They read the uh, electrical activity. They shock him if you have to, yeah. uh, and then we load it on a bus, and and he w- he was uh, off the races. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. So so that you know that happens you know too. Uh, right. And the interesting uh, kind of going sideways is the interesting thing is is one of the best places in the world to have a heart attack. Mm. Uh, is on a casino floor in uh, Las Vegas. Oh, interesting. 100%. The reason why, now a couple things. A young guy like him that just finished a race, two things. Usually it's a clot or an arrhythmia that just right. goes ahead and gets you, right? So the clot, it goes to well, the lungs of the heart and, and, or, and or an arrhythmia uh, will put you down. Okay, so, but uh, if you're, you know, playing the slots at a strip casino or anywhere uh, in town, first of all, you're on a camera, Okay, so right. that's, so that's, that's they're going to notice a if you very monitored place. <laughs> yeah. Most of the security officers now have uh, at least EMT training, mm. and yeah, if you go ahead and slump over in your chair, there's usually somebody there within about thirty seconds. Okay, right. so that's number one, and then two, if they recognize that, they can go ahead and get electricity on you. Usually at about a minute, minute and a half, mm. which is outstanding right. because, because it's something like a heart attack every second every second counts yeah. so even if you call 911 and uh, you know uh 
the paramedics showed up. I mean, four minutes is an excellent response time, right. but four minutes is four minutes. So, but if they found again and again, and they've used a lot of data from casinos is, is how fast is fast, how fast can you put on, you know, the faster, the better. Um, and you get electricity on them and get them out of the, the bad rhythm and stuff. And they have a very, very high, um, uh, revival rate and uh, and uh, survival rate. Right. So yeah. So if you if yeah if if you, you got to be somewhere being on a casino floor. In Las yeah, Vegas. and really like even within the last maybe ten years because I mean those those machines the defibrillators be, have become so common. Sure. But better trained. I think people surviving heart attacks is yeah. So that's that's much better. really changed. And right? they're everywhere. They're at uh, they're at the airport. Uh, there I used to go to the ride uh, uh, a lot uh, cycling. Uh, and they have it back a house. Most mm-hmm. gyms have them now, et cetera, et cetera. So some of them, some people carry them with them in their trunks of the, of the car, sure. uh, and and that that sort of thing. So um, and a plug out if you if you want to get uh, BCLS certified or that sort of thing, that's always a good thing because you mm-hmm. never know when somebody's going to go ahead and crump in front of you. And nowadays, uh, believe it or not, they've made a move to. Um, uh, just uh, uh, hands-on CPR, where you just do cre- chest compressions and not actually breathe for them, because that always got people weird, you know, as far as mouth to mouth sort right. of thing. Um, if if it's standing between you and death, well, they just pump. You do what you, you know, got to do. do right. Yeah, just yeah. pump on your chest, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that's actually become a thing, and you know, even that is you know helpful. So yeah, the whole idea is to keep the. Uh, keep things circulating. What are the um, as a doctor? What are the most common questions that people ask you? Uh, it's usually it's, you know, uh, my friend has this question or my anchor Gertrude, or, yeah. you know what I mean? So, or, you know, you'll be somewhere and somebody rolls up a pant leg and says, is this cancer? Yeah, you know, right. so, <laughs> you know, if you're at a charity event or something scar. around this thing. Yeah. So yeah. You want to be my, yeah. So I have this festering boil. That's uh, you want to see it doc? I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're at the movie. Uh, what, what, dude, what's so. been like uh, with that kind of, that, that kind of thing, what's been your sort of um, approach? Is there? Do you have kind of rules that you've always sort of stuck to, or so? Well, it, it really, it really depends. Like anything else, it depends on the context, sure, right? Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes I'll say, "Well, look, now you know." Says, "Well, if it's non-life threatening, yeah. you know, and you have time, and then you can say, hey, you should see your regular doc.' Or, oh, by the way, yeah, that's a dermatology problem. You know, I know a good right. a, a good guy or a good gal. Um, you should see X, Y, and Z. What does your primary care doc say, mm-hmm. etc.? So, so you know, or." It just really kind of depends on it. A lot of it's orthopedic. Primary care is about forty percent orthopedic, and that's so you get this, you know, phone call. Sure. Like I just fell down a flight of stairs, which I do. So, but the thing too is, is, is you can't really, you know, brush stuff, brush stuff off. I mean, I've shown up at parties uh, ten minutes after somebody took a tumble down the stairs, and they have this big egg on their head, right? You know, and they're you know three, four drinks in. And uh, they said, oh, I think it's going to be okay. And I'm like, oh, I think you're going to the hospital. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, because, you know, God forbid, they have a bleed in their head and they drop dead. Right. So, which, you know. so, and it just depends on kind of the mechanism of force and how much force it takes, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of get that from the history of kind of what happened. Right. Uh, and then, then, then you make your best judgment. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get yeah, with those, you know, sort of kind of, Questions all the time. I'm sure that that's a common a common thing for probably all doctors. <laughs> I would think. Right. Um, how can uh, people find you online, and, and if they want to contact you, what's sure. the best way? To do uh, we're that? all over the place. So uh, first, uh, our keystone is uh, the website, which is uh, www.jjrothmd. So jjrothmd.com. Uh, and so uh, let us know what you think about the website. We are always updating it. Poor, uh, uh, poor Jack, and poor. Uh, uh, media people. Uh, so yeah, so if you find something, um, in fact, we're getting more and more stuff on there this weekend. Um, and so that's number one, uh, social media. We are on, 
uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and uh, and all of that. And we're always really updating that. Thank you, Greg. Uh, and <laughs> and, and putting and putting more and more stuff up there as well. And then, of course, um, if you're listening with the sound of my voice, uh, our podcasts, which are everywhere uh, from uh, Apple to uh, Podbean to Spotify to to the other eight, 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 eight yeah. platforms you have us on uh, and, and all of that. So uh, we're oh, and YouTube. I almost forgot the YouTube uh, channel uh, as well. So so we're all, uh, all over. We're as close as the phone or as close as um, um, your uh, desktop. So go ahead and do check us out. And if you have questions, just call us. Very little phone. Uh, it's 702 area code 450-0777. And we actually really like questions. And so call. I would rather, I say this all the time, I would rather you spend 20 minutes with me uh, than 20 hours searching the internet. Right. So, and also, if you have topics that you'd like us to cover, let us know on our social media, and, and we definitely will pay attention to those. Some of the things we've talked to, talked about have actually come from Oh, absolutely. So. Lots, of, lots of good. And, so, and yes, we actually do monitor it. It's not a bot or something like that. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess I'm on the bot, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, we actually really do uh, take a look at that stuff. So yeah, that's, that's a, a good way to get to us as well. Awesome. So. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Yay. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time. Get the best skin protection from the ravages of the sun with Dr. Roth's really great sunscreen. Because you and all your loved ones deserve the best. Developed and produced exclusively by Dr. Roth. Really great sunscreen. For more information on looking good, feeling great, go to www.jjrothmd.com and check out the full range of non-surgical products.